everyone. Welcome back to the Bucket List Bitch Podcast. I am your host, Sam Modelewski, and this is episode seven, where I'm going to be talking all about bucket list failures. This episode will have a few different triggers, blood, maybe phobias, depending on what you're you know, afraid of, needles. So please be advised. If you cannot handle those things, that is okay. I will see you next week. But thank you for tuning in anyway. Once again, thank you for coming back and tuning in. This episode will be a little bit of a free flow as well. I really want to hone in on trying to do different things to this podcast as well as can keep it up with the bucket list ideas and fun adventures I've gone on. But this episode, I'm going to be talking about things that I've tried to attempt to do that were on my bucket list and failed. Luckily, I only have a couple one of which still hurts me a little bit to this day. But I just want to do this episode because failures aren't inherently always a bad thing on this podcast. You know, I like to share my wins, but I think it's also important to share your losses. I've slayed many bucket list items, but there are a couple things I just couldn't go through with. Whether it's because of fear or the timing wasn't right, we are all human. It's okay to let your fear and anxiety talk you out of things. I have learned from these failures. These moments helped me learn for the next time I let fear consume me. It's neither a good or a bad thing. It was a growth moment for me. So this episode is all about embracing your past failures, how to use those failures to harness your power and self-confidence to fight through that anxiety and fear for another time. Before I get started on the episode fully, just want to say I'm recording on a different day. I'm recording on a Wednesday, if you just want to know. (laughs) I had a dentist appointment. I actually have to get like Invisalign or implants, so that's fun. So that will kind of affect a lot of my future as well, because why is shit so expensive? I don't fucking know. But yeah, I'm just going through that. Work has been busy once again, as always in this time of year. I am also planning to do a couple of fun things over the next couple weekends. You know, farmer's markets are coming out, able to go outside again. We have hammocks on our porch, so, or a balcony. So I like to go out on that sometimes. And when it's nice out, I have a bike now because my husband works for a bike company now. So I may go on that thing. That is also very terrifying to me, riding bikes, because uh, as a kid, fun fact here, I was, my very first job was a paper delivery girl. So when I lived, I grew up in Beloit, Wisconsin, and I lived on the west side of town. And I, my grandma lived really close to where we lived. We lived down from a school. We lived in a pretty decent, but like older neighborhood, but you know, very, it was very kid friendly. It had, you know, churches and the grocery store. And my grandma lived right down the road, but she lived up a hill from where I was. And actually the area that I delivered papers was just for this apartment complex. It was like three buildings. I had to ride my bike because it was faster. I actually rode my sister's bike now that I remember because I didn't have a bike. I was a scooter kid and it was not gonna happen on a scooter okay I did that for I think an entire summer I think it was up until school was starting back up I was just couldn't do it anymore and maybe I did a little bit like after school but I also had to do it on like early mornings on like one of the weekends so I just was not digging it after a while but this was like when I was like 13 or 14 so I was also going through my beginning of emo phase or like right in the middle of it so I would wear not the appropriate clothing 
for summer and I also had my CD player and it was just a freaking disaster and I just hated it after a while but I hated riding that bike going up the hill it gave me butt trauma (laughs) I'm serious like I don't think I have rode a bike much after that and I'm now 30 years old. So that's been a while. I, of course, remember how to ride a bike. There have been, must have been a couple of times here and there that I rode like a bike. I don't, I don't know where it was. Maybe like the gym. I think the gym is the only place I actually like felt that feeling again of being on a bike. I mean, it was in place, so it's not as scary, but I'm short. I have short legs. I got a short toe or so. I don't know which one is taller. They're both fucking short. And my God, the pain of riding a bike. Apparently, a fun fact about bikes. <laughs> is that bikes, you're supposed to feel that butt pain. It eventually goes away, according to very pro, well-known bikers. So you're going to be feeling that ass pain for a long time until you're somehow shredding up the trails. Eventually, your butt just comes becomes numb to it. I... I don't want to be like that. I don't want to get to that point. So I guess for now, I'll keep it leisurely and I'll see if I will gather the courage to ride in the streets and hang on for dear life on my new nice bike. It's a nice bike. It's a brand new bike. It's beautiful. It's very cute. Got a like a minty color to it-ish. Very cute. Look cute on it but feel terrified the entire time. So I don't want that to be a failure. I want to be able to say I've rode a little bit in the summer. So I don't want that to be one of my next failures. (laughs) But yeah, that's what I'm doing this summer, the spring. It's actually like really nice out today. It's like the first like hot day. I was wearing a sweater today and then I went to Target and bought a shirt because I had to go to the dentist. I was like, I'm not going to sweat in the chair. I need people to understand. I got body insecurity, okay? I'm not used to wearing anything besides leggings cardigans and dresses like and boots or my converse that's pretty much it at home i will wear my like ugly ass Hanes Bermuda shorts that I got from Amazon because I used to buy them from Walmart and I couldn't find them anymore I literally dressed like a 50 year old mom named Kathy and she's got varicose veins like I dress just like that and I have my like graphic tees but I can't wear those to work and I also haven't shaved my legs and like since probably October. I don't even know when. It's probably been last summer. I'm in winter body mode. When you're married, who cares? You know, like the lay, the, the hairy Polish legs are out, okay? Like, <laughs> but when I'm at work, I've been wearing these dang sweaters and dresses and business casual outfits for so long that like all I own is stuff that's going to show my hairy ass legs or my arms, which I'm very insecure about. One regret for me for my wedding is buying a dress that didn't have sleeves. I was so desperate, and when I get to the episode about my wedding, you'll know a little more, but I was so desperate to just find a dress that fit, and that was its own debacle. So if I can go back in time and do that all over again, I would go differently. Like, it was a cute dress, but for October, and I was sleeveless, like, I can't, I'm 30 years old, and I can't figure out my season still. Like, I just, my aesthetic usually is basic white girl, Christian autumn girl. Like, that's who I am. I just, that's what I'm most comfortable wearing. So besides, like, my active wear leggings and a graphic tee, I'm usually just wearing that to work as the cardigans. So I'm not used to wearing short sleeve, like, nice shirts and skirts and, and whatnot, like, to work. I'm still in that winter, fall mode. So I hate the cold, but, like, I love the looks. I, I slay them. So... If you saw me in a sweater, no, you didn't. Just let me have it, okay? I am I have body insecurity and I have trauma. <laughs> so 
Anyways, sorry for the rambling. I just am in a silly, goofy mood yet once again. So let's get into failures. I have two failures that I, well, I really changed the mood really quick. Jeez Louise, I'm becoming a professional. I've had two failures that I can think of at the top of my head in most recent times. Failures of which don't super surprise me because I have a lot of anxiety. I'm really good at masking it. Like I am, I really feel like if I had put my mind to it when I was younger and went down the acting career, I would have been the most amazing actress of our generation. (laughs) Okay, not maybe not that great, but like I'm so self-aware and somehow have this amazing superpower So bullshit, I have this amazing superpower to fake it till you make it. Sometimes it doesn't come through very clear and it's obvious that I'm stressed out or anxious, but for the most part, I'm able to either just turn it off or just power through my anxiety. But there are some times I just can't. Like there's a difference between getting a tattoo, which I have a fear of needles, but the tattoo doesn't go inside of you. And same with like a like tattoo needle, I mean. And same with the pierce piercing. When I was like a teenager and like young adult, I got piercings all the time. I've had my nose pierced. I've had my septum pierced. I've had my tragus pierced. I've had my conch pierced twice in the both ears, two different times. I've had my cartilage pierced. I think that was it. But yeah, I, I was fine with those things. By the way, a conch, if you're wondering, some people don't. It's that part in your ear that's like, You look at someone's ear, right? And you're like looking right in the middle of their ear where there's just like the lobe and nothing else. No ridges straight through someone's ear. Just like not in the canal, but like looking right in the middle of someone's ear. That skin right there. That's the conch piercing. I love that thing, but neither of those times would heal properly. My skin is weird about jewelry as as many others, but I'm always jealous when people can like keep their so many ear piercings. I just, I can't do it. I loved my tragus piercing as well, but like no matter what jewelry I put in, it was just uncomfortable putting in headphones. I mean, especially now with AirPods, there's no fucking way I'd have been comfortable wearing those because it just never healed fully, I guess. I just kept messing with it. And then with my nose piercing, when I had my like actual nose piercing, not my septum, that's a different story. My nose piercing, I had that for like a couple years in and out. It just wouldn't, it never healed properly. The jewelry kept falling out. I had to have one specific type of jewelry. I couldn't go to Walmart or Spencer's to get some jewelry. I had to get the high class shit because for some reason my skin was bougie. I was not and neither was my budget but so (laughs) I don't know I've I've done things where like that surprises me that I was able to do it because I have certain weird ass fears I remember in like seventh I'm going really rambly so sorry but I remember in seventh grade we had to watch like a video about tattoos and piercings and that's where the first and like like how it went wrong not like against tattoos and piercings but like if you don't do it correctly if you go like to a shady way to do it you know how teenagers are but I got so queasy from that video alone I felt like I was gonna throw up I know that's really just a trigger warning sorry but it was so uncomfortable for me I have a weird ass phobia and one of my reasons of failure is because of this phobia it's so strange and I have no idea where it came from because I'm able to overcome certain things like the piercing thing and tattoos but I have a fear of needles so let's get into the first failure and that is donating blood here's the quick journey of that and then some backstory last year So I actually volunteer at the Humane Society. I've been doing that since 
February 2022. I, I enjoy it and I get newsletters all the time about this Humane Society and one of them is that they were doing a blood drive. I had never done a blood drive before. It was always on my bucket list because it's a huge phobia of mine too. I want or fear I want to overcome. And I do feel like some phobias you can overcome. Some are easier than others, but they're phobias for a reason. It's not just a fear. It's like something that we will just destroy you and debilitate you, you know? Like, and apparently this was mine. I, in high school, tried to donate blood. I think I had either just got a tattoo or a piercing or something. And I was like, oh no, technicality, I can't do it because, you know, blood and it's been tarnished <laughs> for the time time being and I just never showed up to the blood drive because I use that as an excuse but I was really afraid and there's a backstory behind that as well I'll get into that in a second but yeah donating blood I went and signed up because it was right after my Humane Society shift. I made sure to have snacks. I made sure to not feel too lightheaded because I knew it's going to be tough for me as it is. I went alone. I wanted a free shirt. I think I said that in the last ep- one of the last episodes. I love a good free shirt, okay, for my achievements. That's why I do things half the time is because I want a free shirt <laughs> to say I did it. So I, I went in there. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where I was going, but I eventually got up to the lady to check me in and I was fine. I was, I was fine. I was like, all right, cool. But then I had to read like the, you know, like a thing to sign, like a waiver. I mean, I already kind of did a waiver online, but I had to like read through things because it's about your body and health and stuff like that. So it's a little more precautious than like going skydiving where you sky, where you sign this dang waiver. And reading that alone, not even getting up to the chair and doing the little blood pressure thing and the needle I didn't even get to that point yet. I wanted to completely faint. And thinking about it now makes me really sad because I contemplated in that seat for like 20 minutes. I couldn't do it. Anytime I think about blood coming like through my veins or like my organs, anyone's talking about organs, I can sit here and talk about it and I probably won't get freaked out. But if someone else is talking about their liver or their something with their blood, something with a procedure they've done. I can't do it. I don't know. And it gets my wrists all itchy and it gets my arms itchy where like, you know, you get like your blood taken out um, for like medical stuff. I can't do it. It, it just creeps me out. So here I am reading about these things that like I have to read and sign and say that I read it because I want to make sure I know what I'm getting myself into. I could have just said, yeah, I read it. But even the first fucking page, I'm freaking out. And I just knew and the lady knew and they brought a nurse over to explain it to me. That just made me want to be more faint. I couldn't do it. I'm sweating and I'm like on the verge of fainting and getting sick just at the thought. And I I felt so silly and they made me feel really good. But the fact that I left there feeling like a failure, it really hurt. Like I had to go and sit in my car and cry. I felt like defeated because I really felt like I could do it because I've done so much. And this is a more recent story. So like I've done all these other things and I still couldn't do that. It hurts to fail. Feeling like a loser. It was hard for me to like dig out of that in that moment because there and there's a couple reasons why I thought maybe I could do it it's not just because I went skydiving all this jazz so the most recent time I had to get my blood drawn at like the doctor the nurse was super awesome and I, I I knew I had to do it but like she made me feel so comfortable that I didn't even feel it and I thought shit if I can do that I can do this 
couldn't do it. When I really found out that I couldn't do the needle stuff is when I, when I was a kid, I had really bad periods and I had to go to the doctor, like a, like a lady doctor, if you will. And something, my hormones, so my very first blood test, I had to get my blood drawn and they, you know, where you can sit down, they have like a table and you just put your arm out, right? Couldn't do it. I almost passed out. That was my first time doing that. And the fact that like, I had no prior feeling to like blood draw, you know, experience and I was already freaking out. I feel like that's common, but like I was like on the verge of like getting sick. I had to get water and eventually they had me lay down and I've never ever got my blood drawn without laying down anymore. And I was a teenager when that happened. And there was another time because like I said, I had to go to the doctor often when at a certain point in my life for my lady bits if you will. The late one nurse was just fucking it up. She did not know where my vein was. She kept doing it. So like that did not help my triggers and my anxiety of all of that jazz. And I also one time had to get like tested for, you know, the dirty back in my day. And I, they just did like a couple different tests and one was to prick your finger. I almost passed out there. It's not even about the pain. Like I can handle the pain. It's not the pleasant by any means, but it's not because of that. I don't even know if it's from the blood. It's just all of it. Just overthinking. Yeah, that's my first failure. That's one I still struggle with coming to terms with. I can sit here and say it's, oh, it's neither good or bad, but, and you know, your anxiety and fear gets to you, but like that one still burns to this day because I don't know if I'll ever get over that. I don't know how you get over something like that because it's such a weird random ass phobia. I don't even know what the name of it is. Let me look it up to see if there even is a name for it. So I'm looking it up and there's actually a couple different things that this could be. And I'm reading actually Reddit. So, well, Google, one of them says, so the fear of needles is called trypanophobia. I wouldn't say I have an extreme fear of needles. I have an extreme fear of like blood drawing, but I don't think it's because of the needle. It's scary. Like it is, uh, like I don't want it, but I don't think it's because of that. Another Reddit post mentions the same kind of feeling that I have about organs. So I really hate the sound of heartbeats. So I hate like when I lay on Steven's chest or I feel my cat's heartbeat. I hate it. Like I'm glad they're alive, but the feeling it and like the knowing that someone's like moving her oh it's so gross I, I i have no idea someone had said on this reddit that it's not about like the organs is existing or like seeing diagrams or like samples or photos per se it's just the like feeling the knowing of it i i have no idea i i'm so this is so random but we all have weird stuff and I guess that's my one of my weird things. So just a fun fact for you there, I guess. That's one I think I'm gonna continue to have a difficult time overcoming. It sucks, but maybe someday it will get better. And that's my big one. I feel like out of all of the bucket list items, like it's not about money. It's not about travel. It's not about time. It's about the fear. That one's gonna be the hardest one for me to accomplish. I really, I really think so. As like seems so simple. People donate blood all the time. I want to be able to say I do it or I did it. And like plasma is like even worse. I don't even know. It just maybe one day. But my second and final bucket list failure that I could think of in more recent times is being on a radio show. This one isn't as uh, serious, but like I said, I volunteered the Humane Society. I want to continue to do more volunteering, something along the lines. I came across a website, I think it was UW-Madison, had resources on for like students or other people that happened to come across this website about different types of volunteering opportunities that you can do in the Dane County area 
area. And one of them came up was a radio station. I know that like college kids will do stuff like that, but I didn't know that like adults outside of college can do that. I guess I just never thought of it. It's not that I don't think if you're over a certain age, you can't volunteer like a more hip place like a radio station because honestly that's not what it's about like everybody has stories and also people of any ages love music so I I don't know what I was I just never thought of it so when I found out that there was a radio station I could volunteer at I thought I would love to be able to learn about radio stations I love I love love loved the idea of being on a radio station like a while back I wanted to go into it but I just I, I didn't know if it was like a dying thing I mean it is but I also just didn't know what I would do there. I wasn't sure if I was ready to be a host per se as I am right now. This is conquering a whole different fear but similar of anxiety and not sure what to talk about but with the radio I was so curious because I loved Elvis Duran in the morning show. And I also loved Frasier, who was on the radio show. <laughs> and I was like, his career. And I was very curious to just learn more about it, to see it. And I didn't know going in what I was going to do at this radio station. But I knew one of my bucket list items was to be on a radio station. So I thought maybe I can kill two birds with one stone here. So I go to the radio station and I learn about the radio station. It's really cool, but I'm done with this tour and I still don't know what I want to volunteer with. Because I've done audio, as you can see, I've done editing. But I've never done like live audio, obviously. I've never done radio anything producing mixing any of that jazz so I didn't know if I was ready for all that kind of logical or analytical kind of work so I thought maybe personality comes into play and eventually I talked to this one girl who worked at the radio station and finding out all about how radio works how speaking on radio works and I thought maybe I could do something like my podcast idea that I had not yet executed and do this on the radio she was down for like a show on the radio I wasn't getting paid and it was that was fine with me because I'm I knew going into this I'm in volunteering but I wasn't sure about if I was eventually going to make my own podcast if that would like I'd want I'd run out of one run out of ideas or two I didn't have the license to the name anymore I don't know I just was I didn't have to sign anything I just I don't know I just was, wasn't sure and the style of which I would record and how I would record and what I could talk about I wasn't a fan because radio is the most limited form of media because it's live and the FCC. And even though it's maybe not as limited, it's still obviously very limited. And I knew I wouldn't have the same freedom, creative freedom, as I would on a podcast because it's my own entity. And I could say, check off the box, this has explicit material. I mean, my name alone of my podcast has a word bitch in it. So I knew it wasn't gonna be super family friendly. And I couldn't talk about everything I wanted to talk about because... There are things that come into play like politics and religion and classism and sexism and all that jazz. So like, I just wasn't sure. And I didn't know what to talk about because it wasn't, they wanted to keep it like local, which I do local things in the area all the time, but not enough to constantly keep content. Like I couldn't talk about my travels across the world. I couldn't talk about everything that I do because not everything I've done is in Wisconsin or even Illinois. So I didn't know. I didn't know what to do with it. And it didn't feel right in the end. I really thought it through. I even tried to do my first episode, which was going to be all about snowshoeing. I just didn't think it was enough material. And it's something that if I would listen to it who the hell's gonna listen to it it didn't feel right 
And so I ended up backing out. I decided not to be a producer of what was called the Bucketless Slayer, which was actually my first idea name for my podcast. And I just ended up turning in the materials or the equipment and it just didn't, it didn't feel right. And that's okay. It didn't feel right because it was a volunteer thing. I felt bad because it was, I could be letting down others. I mean, I shouldn't care because like, I hadn't just even started it yet. I hadn't even like fully sculpted an entire episode yet. I was still like technically in training. But I also felt bad for my my own accountability because I've been trying as I've gotten older so hard to hold myself accountable because I've done many a things where I give up pretty quickly and I didn't try and I thought well there's what's the point and that's why I'm still going with this podcast as well because even if no one's listening the fact of the matter is I did it. I made it. I'm continuing to just power through, get through all the tough parts and figuring out what the fuck I'm doing. That may, the radio show idea might be a failure, but look what it turned into. That for sure was one of those growth moments because I'd say about maybe not even a month later, I ended up doing that. I don't think I even, I don't think it was even a month. That was like a couple weeks, if even that. I just did it. I just made the podcast. I said, fuck it, just try it because I've done a podcast before. I know how to edit. I know how to record, yada, yada, but just do it. Just, you have all these ideas. They're flush them out, do something with them, talk it out, bitch, and have a good time. And that's what I'm here. That's why I'm here. And I did it. Although those things are rough in the moment. I can't say I'm glad that it happened, that it didn't happen, I should say, but I can take what I felt and what happened in those moments. And how do I take those, harness them, and use them for good? Use that feeling for good and do better another time. Because that doesn't mean I can never donate blood, right? It doesn't mean I'll never be on a radio show again, or almost. There are, of course, many, many chances to do these things because although life is short, there is time. Those aren't the top things that are like, I need to do in my life right this moment. There are plenty other opportunities out there for me to slay and have fun. I will eventually come back to those. They may be things that I just didn't do now. That doesn't mean that I'll never do them ever again. I hope this episode was somewhat insightful. I hope it was inspirational because it's not about, oh yes, I did this, I did this, I did this, look how cool this, 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 and this is. I want to express that sometimes not everything can go your way. And also a lot of my bucket list things I have done were not all as I planned. It did not turn out as I thought. And when I get to the episode about paragliding, you'll understand what I mean. Some things you just... If you're the only person being accountable for it, you have a harder time versus like going somewhere with someone else. For me, that's a little less, I'm less likely to fail. But when it comes to myself and I fail, I feel like as I've experienced more and more, I feel more sad that I failed myself. So I'm really trying not to do that. (laughs) But yes, I hope this episode was a bit of a learning lesson. It's not maybe the same format. I'm learning as I go with this podcast on what the hell I'm doing with it, what I want to do with it. So thank you for joining me on this ride. So I actually write out what my next episodes will be so I don't run out of ideas as like I'm about to film. My next episode is about traveling to a new country, which my very first country and only ever country at the moment is I've been to Spain. So I will do a whole episode on that and maybe a bit longer. I might save the specific paragliding story for a different episode, but I want it to be known it was in Spain. (laughs) So that takes it to another extreme level of insanity. And then another episode I have coming up will be my first ever guest interview. And then I want to do a spring bucket list activities as well. So stay tuned for those. I also also have um, an episode about 
absorbing coming up. And then in June, I will have all about LGBT friendly bucket list ideas and pride. So yeah, stay tuned for future episodes coming up. I will be back next week. Please stay safe out there. Let me know, has there been a big thing in your life that you just couldn't do, that you feel like you failed? Why do you feel that way? What happened? (laughs) Or just tell me something that you've always wanted to do. You just haven't done it yet because you're afraid to do so. Everybody has a story to tell. What will be yours? Bye. The Bucket List Bitch is brought to you by Sam Martelewski. I am sitting here thinking, girl, I don't have a sponsor and I also don't know how sponsors work. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Please rate me on Apple or Spotify. Five stars. Let me know what you think. Don't be too mean. Don't be a haterade. I'm just kidding. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.